Hey. Whoa. What's up? I'm uh, feeling a little funky. Okay. I'm just, I'm coming to terms with this ergo sells out type thing. Oh, uh, yeah, man. We got we to gotta get this money. We got to let the people know who's making things. Well, if you're wondering who we're supported by in this new cold, cold world, <laughs> ergo is supported by Simplecast. Shout out, Simplecast. If you want. Simplecast makes podcasting easy, affordable, yeah. and uh, downright affordable. friendly. Friendly. <laughs> that didn't sound very friendly. Use the promo code promo Chicago <laughs> to get 50% off your first three months. Yeah, simple cast. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. Hey, what up? Yo. Yes. How you feeling? Me? Yeah, you. Actually, me. I actually feel really good. I feel good. I'm not even going to say more. Who are you? I am Damon Alexander Williams. Who are you, sir? I'm Kiss. Thank you for jogging my memory. And uh, for those of you who <laughs> have forgotten or have never noticed before, uh, we are Ergo. We are. And what we do here is we showcase and celebrate Chicago and beyond conversations with arter, arters, com- arters, people who art, <laughs> 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 organizers, creatives. It's a, it's a little late. We're over here in yeah, Ergo yeah. Studio uh, C, so uh-huh. uh, the, my, my nighttime brain is on. Um, but we have lifelong form conversations with people making raw shit, reshaping the culture of our city for the more equitable and the more creative. We have a really special guest here. Glad we were able to find a time to sit down with him. He is a brilliant drummer and vocalist and song creator. You've heard him behind many of the artists who we love most in the city. And maybe even you may have even heard him in front of the mic. Folks. Make some noise for Luke Titus. Put up, put up, put up, put up, put up. Hey, yeah. thank you guys. Thank Ooh, you guys for having me, man. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Oh, all that's right. A, that's a that's that's a ergo after dark <laughs> air horn. <laughs> so yeah, you know oh, we, we love great. tech here. We we make our own sound effects, but but the energy is felt. Uh, so we're happy to have you here. We've been chopping it up. Yeah. So let's let's get right into it. We we have a um a practice. <laughs> of how we like to start these things. What are we things. talking about? It's a, it's a, it's a two-part question. <laughs> that was so scary. <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> oh, practice. <laughs> so we have, a, we have a practice that we like to do every, mm-hmm. every, every week. We also have a game, but we'll get to that. We do, whoa. Not a game, practice. Uh, yeah, no. yes. This is the practice. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> two-part question. Mm-hmm. How is the world treating you, and how are you treating the world in this time, however you're defining how time is right now? Word. No, that's a good question, man. Um, well... The world has been treating me very kindly recently, man. I've just been, um, I can kind of answer both of those at once a a little bit. Um, I feel like I've really recently been trying to just kind of live every day, like Mm -hmm. in every day, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And sometimes I feel like, I just feel like in general life is very cyclical and energy is very cyclical. So uh, whenever I get caught up, in, in that cycle of energy, I just try to remind myself, like, live every day, you know? Right. Um, so since I've been doing that and just taking everything in my life, whether it's art or, like, friendships, relationships, family, all that shit, if I just take that step by step, I, f- I feel like the world low-key, like, rewards me for that. I don't even know if that if that makes sense. but It makes, like, it makes sense and uh, it sounds sense. real hard. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, and I, I yeah, I, recently it's it's been... Um, it's been easier, you know, things have kind of been happening naturally and mm-hmm. I've been able to kind of have like uh, a very nice recipro- reciprocal relationship with the energies that are around me, I guess. Can, it's not always that easy though. Can you identify anything that like you did within your power that like has made that shift? Man. Um, that didn't just like naturally like fall to you? 
you know, I think just being aware of of that, just being aware of like going into every day when you wake up, just trying to be present with that day and like everything that does happen in your life, allowing things to happen to you and not always trying to make things happen, you mm-hmm. know? Um, I definitely always like, it always cycles back around, you know? Like I, I'll definitely, you know, it just so happens that we're doing this on a time when it's <laughs> when things are actually, you know, yeah. going going very smoothly. But it's really like during those those down cycles of energy, I try to remind myself like, okay, what you know i'm not feeling so great today but what can i learn about that and and when i'm back up on the top of the cycle you know how can i like how can i take that and and use it to mm-hmm. to fuel me to to yeah. just you know oh, that's uh, real. to stay there yeah it's so much harder to be present when you're having a hard time when like shit oh, isn't no lining or like no to doubt. not be anxious for the future when you don't know what your future is going to be or like you don't you feel like you have to be getting that stuff in place now. Yeah. Well, for me, just like feeling incapable, you know, like, mm-hmm. like oh, it, it's yeah. like it's it's kind of the cycles that you're talking about. It's kind of like once every six weeks, once every moon, or however this 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 universe works that we mm-hmm. are, you know, subject to. Um, <laughs> it feels it's like the feeling of like the 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 monsters taking your powers, right? Like, wait, exactly. We we all seen Space Jam here, right? There's yes, no, sir. Okay, I apologize. Damon. I apologize. Damon. I just I didn't get the excitement that I that I wanted for my Space Jam reference, so I had to like take a step back. I, I wanted to say. see where you extended the metaphor. It but, was just it was just so clean. Yeah. That I like kept the conversation. I was like, yes, exactly. But just like Patrick Ewan, right? Like you know, he's like, I shoot free throws all the time, and right now I can't even catch the ball. You know, or Charles Barkley getting yeah. crossed over by a little. It's like yeah. that happens in life, and you know, you didn't know that there were aliens taking you. Just taking it your just powers disappears somewhere, right. enslaving. Bugs Bunny. <laughs> speaking of which, since we're on speaking this subject, of enslaving Bugs Bunny, <laughs> but speaking of Michael Jordan, and this is a Ooh. side note, and we will come back to your career and thoughts and growth and Ooh, all this. But okay, I don't think we've really made a lot of space on the show over 130 episodes uh-huh. for Michael Jordan conspiracy theories, and oh, I think wow. this is a prime opportunity oh, wow. to do it. Also, our, our nighttime episodes are so different from our daytime <laughs> episodes. <laughs> we're like talking about cycles and, and the moon, and, but. So a couple of days ago was the anniversary of him either retiring or coming back from retirement, something mm-hmm. like that. It was the, it was um, him coming back when he wore forty five for the first time against the Pacers. Oh, okay. So one of my favorite conspiracy theories that I'm pretty much sold on is that he was basically suspended and nobody knew it. That mm. The way that they covered up it because he was being investigated for, for gambling. gambling. Yeah. Oh, really? Instead of being suspended. David Stern called his friend Jerry Reinsdorf, who runs the White Sox, and was like, can you take him off our hands for a year? And we'll do this little thing, or uh, well, however long Reinsdorf it was. also owns the Bulls. He owns both. Oh, see, even even the plot thickens. <laughs> so he didn't really have to do anything. He was just like, oh, I can kind of figure this out. Yeah, yeah so he did, they didn't have to go through the bad press of MJ being suspended and there being this huge scandal. They just did this like weird that other sounds- thing. That sounds very true. Yeah. The the sadder or or harder conspiracy is mm-hmm. that like he was fucking up somehow with this gambling and like did something wrong or something bad, and that was related to the death of his father, which also coincided with his oh, first wow. retirement because it's it's a mystery. His father was just found shot in a car on the side of a road somewhere. So that is adds to the conspiracy. Oh wow! Your thoughts? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> with um, Titus, what do you what well, do you think about well, this? <laughs> We're putting you in a real tough spot here. Oh man, it's a I lot mean, of information. You know, no, it is a lot of information to take in, but you know, no shade towards MJ. Um, 
regardless of what I'm about to say. Like, no shade towards MJ. But He's uh, very thin-skinned. But, 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 that's, but that's crazy. Um, I... It, I mean, just knowing the way that those, you know, that I feel like professional sports associations have a tendency to work, like that wouldn't necessarily fully surprise me yeah. if something like that happened. Yeah, that um, sounds very stern You know, yeah. I think I would probably choose uh, just as a Bulls fan to believe the former rather than the latter. But, <laughs> you know, either one's possible. It just seems so. Anyway, we can get off of it, but it just seems so ridiculous to me. But, but, yeah. but you know, we may be like and this may be an exaggeration of the truth, but definitely gambling was like an issue around that time. That and then it definitely, I've definitely heard about that. went away mm-hmm. because, because of Like the, not the gamble. The gambling didn't like, go away. But like the issue. went away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. In quotes. <laughs> the gambling, gambling got channeled into, into baseball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, so, so let's, let's get back to you. So, so uh, um, I, I, in that- An in unnecessary that, yeah, and yeah. worthy sidetrack. No, I, I love that. I, I want to do more of that. And I like not being <laughs> in a station where we have a little bit more time to, to be able to do that. Um, but as we're talking about Michael Jordan, <laughs> and as we're talking about, but seriously, you're, you're uh, talking about cycles and how you're like feeling in a, a healthy relationship with the world. Um, I think our artistically kind of mirrors that right because mm-hmm. um you drum which is like the ultimate backbone ultimate like you know the drummer is usually the furthest back on the stage right uh and now you're you're coming forward and coming to the mic and like presenting yourself differently so mm-hmm. one how was that feeling creatively but do you think that that is mirroring in your overall life of like being more forefronted yeah man yeah for sure that's a really good way to put it too i think they're both one like this, the energy that I feel in my daily life is is generally very, very parallel to the energy that I'm feeling as a creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like one has a tendency to impact the other. Like if I have a bad day for a reason that has something that has to do with something other than music, I probably won't be able to write a good song, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? But if, if I'm struggling to write and I just feel like things aren't coming naturally, um, then I might have a bad day because of that, mm-hmm. you know, like they definitely go hand in hand. Um, and then, you know, I man, a lot of people don't necessarily know this, but I actually, I, I've been singing from a super young age. Like I actually started singing and drumming around the same time mm-hmm. and then stopped singing for a really long time mm-hmm. um, because there was a lot of pressure in my life to sing only mm-hmm. and people weren't really, um, you know, as into me being a drummer as I wanted to be as so, a kid it was just like I want to drum yeah as <laughs> much know? or as little as you want to share that but like when you say there was a lot of pressure is that a parent pressure is that a musical <sighs> community pressure like where does that come from I think just just a bit of everything man mm-hmm. you know what, like, like what age is this uh real I started so I started really like singing and playing drums when I was like eight to ten okay um and like I had a high voice and I could I could sing so there were people in my life who saw that and really just want like they were focused on me doing that. Mm-hmm. And I was focused on drumming. Even yeah. from like 10, I was just like, man, I really just love playing the drums. And it, it's cool that you guys like my singing, but <laughs> yeah. like, you know, I want to play the drums. So I, 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 I didn't sing for a while, for, for a while, because I wanted to kind of prove to everyone and myself hmm. that I could, you know, I'm a drummer. that I could be a drummer. And years down the line, you know. Speaking I, of uh, Michael Jordan and baseball. Yeah. He's going to prove you could play baseball. <laughs> 
But this will be like if little he became did, the best baseball player. Yeah. Well, look, hopefully your story is better than me. Hey, little did everyone know that I was hiding a gambling problem. All the time. So, like, you know, it just worked perfectly. But, um, got out that jam. Got off the bike. Sorry, mom. Let the, let the heat so die sorry, down. Mom and dad. Like, I didn't Those mean for it to come out this way. High but. stakes Uno games. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so years down the line in high school, uh, I got an MPC as a Christmas gift mm. and started singing again because I was like, all right, you know, I've started playing with some great artists. I've, I've, I feel like people know I'm a drummer now and people mm. know that at least I thought that I proved it to myself. So I was like, I'm gonna start singing again. And, you know, from that point at maybe 17 years old until now, like, has kind of been that transition from mm-hmm. the back of the stage mm-hmm. back to the front of the stage, yeah. you know? And um, it definitely feels like through those four years of my life, like that transition has paralleled in every energy, mm-hmm. like in my day-to-day, in music, within love and, and family and friends and everything, man. It's kind of been like a shift. Hmm. Yeah, and, and in that, you know, you, you say that you returned to it when you felt like you had proven to yourself and everyone around you that you could, that you like had the chops on drums. Mm-hmm. What was it like to go back to something that you hadn't spent the last however many years devoted yourself to and trying to do it again? Like to be really good at something and then be not as good at the other thing yeah. at the same time? Yeah, man, it was uh, really exciting because I always loved to sing, um, but I think I, I kind of was jaded towards singing for so long that when I came back to it, I felt like none of that that other stuff that was there before was there hmm. anymore. So I was like, oh, I can actually just sing. Yeah. And then one thing led to another with that MPC, and I started actually just making things. You know, and I had played music. I had studied music in high school and, and, and played in different bands, but I had never really, like, written anything mm-hmm. by myself. Like, fully, like, made a beat or yeah. written a song or, like, tried to do any of that. So for me, like getting into singing and having an MPC was like the best way to go back because it was also exciting, man. The first time you hear something and it's like, damn, like that is what music sounds like in my head. Yeah. That just, it, it totally changed my whole life, man. I was like, wow, I I have to just do this more. Would you say, it's always interesting to talk to people who write songs, especially people who are instrumentalists, at least partially, because it's hard sometimes to describe what it sounds like in your head. But mm-hmm. Do you walk around with melodies? Do you walk around with drum patterns? Do you walk around with feelings to it? Like, what does it sound like up there? Feelings, man. Like, I, I'm not, I feel like some people have songs living in their mind mm-hmm. fully. I don't. Um, I'll think of melodies and I'll think of drum patterns and, and I definitely sing all the time, just leisurely, like, in, in my day. But I really, like... When I write something, I don't know what is coming out except for the emotion. Hmm. Um, and I really like am a believer in that you you can only make what you feel. Mm. So if I'm being honest while I'm trying to create, like the feeling will come out. And that's just the way it generally works for me. So if I have a, a really strong feeling in my body, I'm like, oh wow, like I just want to go make something to see what this mm-hmm. see what this feeling sounds yeah. like. Yeah. You know? So w- where do you So the tension that you felt as like an eight or ten or eleven year old? Mm-hmm that dynamic or the relationship between those two positions, that, that tension, that still exists outside of you. So inside of you, I'm going to be more clear what I'm saying. Like now that you are working to, to put your stuff out and like as a lead performer, 
where is your position to that fear of losing your identity as a drummer, right? Because it's, mm. it's 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 hard to do both, and like the more popping you get, like the even if you raw, like the 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 there will be like different expectations for for you. Hey, you serve a different role. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, is that a fear of like losing your your core drummer? Because it's hard. And to is it now? <laughs> I mean, well, you know, I think somewhere in me, yeah. For sure, like somewhere in me, that's I'm sure that's a fear, you know. But like, like what we started off talking about, like I'm trying to just live every day in what that day is, you know what I mean? And right now, I have the luxury of being able to still play for great artists and be able to do my own thing. And also, you know, I'm I'm still going to be playing drums even when I'm performing too. So I'm really trying to, and, and that, that originally that wasn't really my plan, man. Right. Like when I when I first started singing again and, and like when I released the record, I was like, oh man, like, nah, like I'm gonna get back out there as a singer. Like I'm gonna have a band. I'm gonna have my own drummer yeah. and I'm just gonna be. I'm gonna tell him stage. what to do. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> but, same way all, but, same way Akane is known even though he's bossy. <laughs> no, no, no. But but I was just like, I'm gonna I'm sing. I'm gonna only sing essentially. Mm -hmm. And as, as time went on, you know, a lot of the people who are musicians who I really trust and, and also my own op opinions kind of started to form. And I was like, oh, wow, like, I do both of these things. And there's no reason that I can't always do both of these things. You know what I mean? And and if that means I play drums and sing for half of my set and, and just sing for the other half of my set and use backing tracks for the drums, like, for the produced drums, like, you know, then that's yeah. what it is. But I, I do feel you because, like, as time goes on, naturally, you know, I'm at a place where it's like, I'm working hard to be a solo artist, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And and mm -hmm. the goal is obviously to do that. You should put the drum set at the front of the stage. <laughs> hey man. Yeah, I wouldn't I'm mess with the acoustics at all. I'm definitely about it though. Yeah, I know. know nothing. But, but that's my <laughs> way. Um, but but I just I guess I, I, I because that's the dream, you know, mm -hmm. to be able to do my own stuff naturally, yeah. like I won't always be able to be a drummer for other people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I'm really just I've already learned so much by playing that role, yeah. like by by being a drummer for artists who I, whose music I love so much, mm -hmm. and I'm going to continue to learn so much by being in that role. I think no matter what, I don't think I'll be bitter about not being able to do that anymore. If anything, I'll just really try to like use what I learned in that role and apply it to like what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like, if you can identify what would what would be a couple things you said you learned from that role. Oh man, um, just how to play a role in general, like, like to just fit, yeah. to fit in. For and those who don't know, the people you give it like a little rundown of who you've, who um, you've been making. Not to with. brag, but no. Go ahead and bust uh, it out. So I mean, I've played with tons of people from Chicago. I mean, almost everybody I've worked with uh, has been from Chicago. Like in terms of solo artists, uh, I play with No Name. I've played a lot with the Kenya. Um, I play with Raven, Lene. Uh, I've played with uh, different local artists mm -hmm. like Blake Davis and Luna Day and oh, people yeah. like, yeah, shout out Luna and Blake. Um, and I was in a band in Chicago for a long time called Woo Park. You're a Woo Park alum. Yes, I am indeed, uh, which actually kind of started, you know, a lot of the branching out mm. into the rest of the Chicago music world for me. Um, yeah, man. So those are obviously list. like yeah. heavy hitters and also beyond just like clout heavy hitters, like musicality heavy hitters mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so to to go back to that question like are there concrete things either about how to play that role 
or from watching them be at the front of the stage that you want to make sure you carry with you up there? Oh, wow, man. Both of those things. I'll answer them separately. Like first, like first, um, for if you answer them at the exact same time, <laughs> on answers. top of each other. Yeah. Alternate words, please. <laughs> uh, um, really, everything I've learned, man, has been from, like, those experiences with all of the people I just listed. Um, in combination with, like, the musicians that are also playing with me in those yeah. groups. You know what I mean? Like, those being in those situations has taught me almost everything about music, you know, Um at least in 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 recent times, you mm-hmm. know, like like I, I played a lot growing up, and I also studied at a arts high school in Chicago. I studied jazz there. But where'd you go? I went to Chicago Academy for the Arts. Mm-hmm. Um, I studied jazz there, which was which was great, man. Like I'm so so thankful for that. The, just to be able to play music every day as a part of your curriculum yeah. in high school is like yeah, the biggest blessing that's ever happened to me, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, like. The musicians I've I've been able to grow with. The other cool part about this that's allowed me to learn so much is that a lot of the musicians that I've I play with now I've been playing with for so long. Mm-hmm. Like um, my buddy, you know Brian, yeah, Brian, Brian Sanborn. Sanborn yeah. um, he's a guitar, great guitar player from Chicago. Shout out Brian! But I've known that man since I was eight. Man, we've been playing <laughs> music together for that long, and to be yeah. able to grow with someone like that. And for those at home. Luke is not an old man. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. Even though I might sound like I'm I not just wanted old to man. give the context. <laughs> but like, said, like, man, you two of you have been playing together for thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the things like that, man, and there are other people too, like all the uh, Parker, the the bass player from Moo Park too. I still make music with him all the time, mm-hmm. and like to be able to grow with people in in that regard over a period of time helps mm-hmm. me learn. But the biggest thing has been able to that I've been able to learn is just how to play a role, man. Like. Mm-hmm. Everybody in a band, whether you're playing for artists or making music as a collective, or even if you're one person, like, trying to make music for yourself, like, you need to learn the job of each of the different hmm. moving parts. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, a business isn't good. You can, you can uh, apply it to anything. A sports franchise, a business. Like, it's not going to nothing a clock. It's not going to be able to run correctly if right. if all the cogs aren't moving or the way all trying to be to. The, two, the two o'clock yeah. you know exactly. what I mean? if everyone's trying to be two o'clock how is it ever going to get to three o'clock exactly. you know if, how is it going to move fluidly yeah. so that's really especially as a drummer too like that's the biggest thing man like you're the pulse. yeah just just do your job like that's what I, that's what i always like i got to this one realization i feel like at a certain point of musical like development where i was like man i've just been trying to learn how to play fast and hmm. like that really just doesn't, or fast, or or learn all the chops, or, or do whatever mm-hmm. impressive, yeah. yeah. Whatever. And it's just Solo. like, man, like you're going to get all the gigs and make a difference and like mean something to the music you're playing if you're doing your job and serving right. that music, yeah. not like trying to exist on top of the music. You know? So we we've floated through the the fraught. Uh, perils of the of the jazz bro phenomenon before, but I think this is a good opportunity to talk about it a little mm-hmm, bit. Mm-hmm. Is there an an alternate world? First of all, what does that term mean to you? That makes you laugh. And is there an alternate world where you're like super chaps jazz bro? Jazz bro, man, what does that mean to me? <laughs> yeah. Wow, um, I just love the. I know, eh? yeah, it's it's a definitely like it definitely does I, mean something. It's kind of new to me. I don't know if oh, I've heard man. jazz bro before. That's funny. man. I feel like there's there's so many different ways to view people who exist as quote-unquote jazzers or jazz musicians. So it's you know like, I mean? here's here's the way I see it, and yeah. tell me if this rings true or not. So it's like white dudes who, like, studied at a very high level, like, 
jazz mm-hmm. in some sort of formal context, whether mm-hmm. that's a music school or that's after school, you know, and then there are like these jazz camps in the summer mm-hmm. and it's just like hyper competitive. It's mm-hmm. basically like limited access spots that, and you're trying to be like the top dude and it's all based on like chops. It's not based on like, are you pleasant to make music with? Mm-hmm. Do you listen yeah, well? Right. It's like how, how, uh, how much can you show off basically? Man, I have a lot, of, I, uh, a few opinions about it. Um, like, I feel like music. First of all, they that mean those people exist, and a lot of those people exist. But um, I feel like music should never be competitive. So that's always just instantly a turnoff to me. Like I feel like life. Should, I feel, I was. It's crazy that you said that because I was literally thinking about this. I was about to tweet this out today. I was like, <laughs> the only person I ever want to be competitive with is myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I feel like. Comp- competitive nature can be good if it's playful you know what i mean like if you're if you and someone else are pushing each other simultaneously but the competitive mindset can be very like just just i feel feel like unhealthy yeah Yeah, 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 you know what i mean Um, toxic toxic yeah yeah. and 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 there's a lot of that in the jazz world man and then there's a lot of that in in the young jazz world in terms of you know uh like you said for example like white white college age uh jazz musicians who a are putting everything into into studying and trying to become an art form that originally is is black american music anyway right. you know what i mean and and then they try to claim ownership of something and feel like they are responsible for something that really isn't even theirs and then on top of that you know in addition to that kind of being its own little weird thing um you know, making it super hard for everybody else just by like being <laughs> yeah. competitive about yeah. it. You know, music and is, claiming expertise and claiming expertise. Like music is endless. That's the beautiful part about it. You can never be. You, you're never done. Yeah. You never okay. learned it all. You know right. what I mean? Like, and and in the same regard, tons of old old jazz heads um, who have been around since the '60s, who have been doing it since the beginning of time, like say, "There's only one way to play jazz," and they and you know, and they'll like. Uh, kind of uh, like a, a term that was used a lot when I was studying was just being vibed out by other by other musicians you know like an like an old experienced jazz dude or an older experienced jazz dude you go to a jam session as a young dude and try to be all hip and play some cool stuff and and the bass player as an older dude would just be like scowling at you just barely playing like whole, literally like same face the whole time and that's that actually happened to me man I, I've got I got vibed out a couple of times but I think it's a combination of things so it's vibed like, out is a bad thing yeah like, like, yeah uh, definitely you, you are vibed out of the yeah, exactly. <laughs> like we vibed you off the island, you know? while you're still sitting there yeah, trying to play. Exactly. And and I but I but actually though, man, Just I, pick I up learned. Right, say, well, walk out the door. With right, right. And I and I but I actually learned a lot from those situations mm-hmm. because. I feel like like people approach them two different ways. People are like, "Oh, I'm gonna keep studying jazz, and those situations make me stronger." Yeah. But for me, it was like, "Man, I don't want to be a part of something that is like suffocating like that." You know, yeah. like jazz is really a tradition. More mm-hmm. than it is like a style, yeah. Yeah. and people pigeonhole it as yeah. something that is that sounds like a, a, a type of music that was made from in like a certain era, yeah, yeah. exactly, <laughs> or 1947. And, and you know, yeah. jazz is hip hop, man. Like, yeah. if you yeah. want to break it down, like jazz is is the evolution of music. Right. So, between the jazz bros and the, and the old heads, like jazz is in a weird place. Yeah, it's a man. tough little one-two punch. <laughs> it is. It's, it's in a weird place, man. It's in a weird. It's in a weird place. You know, it's, it was tripping me out about this, and I'm trying to get it into question form, but I don't know how. I'm just going to state it. Throw uh, it down on the table. The, you know. And it, and it goes, like an Uno card. <laughs> and it goes to like our overall like uh, 
model or what the show is about but like a lot of the shit you're saying from like knowing a role and like cooperating and like anti-competition and then like co-optation and then like generational differences it just all really parallels to like the organizing world uh yeah and so i don't know how to like talk further about that but it, it just was really striking me as intriguing and that may be folks listening yeah uh, i mean it makes me think you know the way back. you've yeah. described the like um processes that are life creating Mm-hmm. rather than life-taking or destructive or... or anti-life. And yeah, anyway. and music-making, especially collective music-making, is like a life-giving process and a mm-hmm. collective process. So it makes sense that it would kind of parallel that, at least in that way. And it's all about movement. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, For sure, man. So here's something you can help with. Here's a question okay. you can help us with. So we were in New York talking to some folks, and we were trying to get a list, and we were struggling. Um... I think it was phony people had like did a show somebody was at and they were trying mm-hmm. something new where the guy was trying to rap and drum at the same time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> we did talk about that. <laughs> and we, we spent like two two or three days like trying to get a list of like vocal vocal performers who who drummed at the same time. Do mm-hmm. you have like folks that you look up to? Man. Either singing or rapping for sure. That that seems like even uh, way harder. It's not even possible to like, Man. To be honest with you, like unfortunately there aren't too many people mm-hmm. who do that. On a level where I am like, I want to like achieve that <laughs> level of greatness. It's like a lot you know of guys, I mean? a lot of people could do it. Like, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, I've seen people try and do it. You know what I mean? But I feel like, ah, man, Anderson Pack is is great yeah. at it. Anderson oh, Anderson yeah, Pack yeah, yeah, yeah. drums and sings at the same time, and he's incredible. And um, there's a, a dude. Well, first of all. Jimmy, one of Jimi Hendrix's drummers, was an incredible background singer and mm. also sang lead for him sometimes when he was playing with the trio. It was super inspiring. Great drummer, great singer. What's his name? Um, oh, man, I don't want to say the the wrong name. That's fine. Um, so I'm not going to say it. But I'll do a little you, research. You can look, we'll you can look it up, man, because I don't want to say the name of the wrong drummer and have it not be the right one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but also, uh, there was a singer who's, whose name I don't remember in a, in a kind of... Some people might appreciate this in a, in a band called Grand Funk Railroad back in the day, who had a huge afro and uh, like super like just on some like medallion, yeah. huge afro, huge glasses, <laughs> um, funky, so funky, bro. And he and he sang for them too, uh, but those are like really like in, in terms of dudes who are doing it right now. Anderson Pack is kind of the dude I look up to in terms of someone who plays and sings at the same mm-hmm. time to a level that's super impressive. We got one more for you. Mm-hmm. I'll let, I'll let, I'll what let up, you chocolate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy's his name was Mitch Mitchell. Oh, that's what I was Mitch Mitchell? I, th- I believe that's the person you were thinking yeah, of. Yeah, I think it was, <laughs> man. I think it was. <laughs> man, that joke is brought to you by his parents. <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, like I always get tripped out and like, well, actually, I can't even oh, laugh. Man. So, uh, dang, I'm about to say this messed up. My, my grandmother, uh, <laughs> has had children with multiple people my, my dad's mom uh, and so my dad didn't actually meet his biological father till he was like 12 or 13 mm-hmm. so he was raised initially uh, by a na- man named Willie Williams oh wow and then he later found out his real father's name is William Wilborn. <laughs> oh no, that's facts. That's really that's true. That's, that's my, crazy. That's my, my grandfather's name is incredible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wow. and then she later, when she when she got into the church, re- remarried uh, William Irving. So this is this is this is my grandma. Well, you know what they say? Shout out, grandma. <laughs> Where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, you just made a, a pun out of my dysfunctional family tree. I'm so, I'm so appreciative. I want to go back to the list that we were. I definitely them. see why Mitch Mitchell would instantly make you be like, oh shit, Mitch Mitchell. Oh, like I feel you, bro. That's we have one more drummer vocalist for you. Mm-hmm. Kevin. Malone. Oh, from Scranton. Oh, yeah. from Scranton. How could I forget, though? That, that is who yeah. I went to first. Yeah. <laughs> How could I forget, bro? Scrantonicity, that was yeah. the name of the band, right? Scrantonicity and Scrantonicity, too. Legend. I just remember, yes. And I just remember him singing, like, those police songs. Yeah. He would hit the high notes, yeah. bro. Like, he would just be back there. Like, and that wasn't fixing those. No, he was the, actually doing it. <laughs> Thanks for remembering that. Yeah, that was <laughs> I just want to know what the like the the audition was because there's no way they were like we want like a big guy who can kind of play dumb but also can hit a falsetto. Like it's not. A, it's like, I feel like he just happened to be able yeah, to play like drums. Just, and they were just like, oh, you have to do that. On the and show. had a really good jump shot. Yeah, yeah like, they were all just like things. they were all just hella musical. <laughs> yeah. Dwight one day just pulled out a banjo. I didn't know he could right. play. And then and definitely Andy was and just Daryl also. Playing the keyboard in like half the episodes. Who did you know? Craig Robinson was a CPS music teacher. He was a music teacher. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, I knew he was from Chicago though. Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway, we can get back on track. Um, Do you have any overlap with his dad's a comic? I'm wondering. Have you all crossed paths? I'm just curious because he's a funny guy. They're definitely friends. Yeah, they're they're real cool. I've not had the chance to meet him, but my dad was like there for the. uh, series finale shooting. Um, that that oh, time cool. we we went to Zany's and mm-hmm. saw my dad Craig had came oh, and, to the and fr- featured yeah. the night before. So yeah, so yeah cool, that's man. definitely that's definitely I have love, but I, I I'll be flexing if I say I have I've met him or I know him. Yeah. Now that we've completed the does Damon know him segment. <laughs> <laughs> so you we were talking about some of that transition you know toward the front of the stage and you mm-hmm. have some exciting uh, news that you just announced yeah man uh, about where you're going to be at the front of many stages you want to share the exciting news yeah sure um good, so, good radio right there yeah that, yeah. Was, that was impressive uh, <laughs> we'll be right back yeah. <laughs> we don't we don't go anywhere what was it i don't know what the oh. thank you thank you that's, that's an npr air horn is what that is <laughs> um yeah i'm gonna be uh opening for six shows on raven Lene's crush tour um, as well as playing drums for her and her band on that tour, and uh, yeah, super excited. That's super fun. So you yeah. get to you get to live the best of both worlds. I, like I really from, do from jump. Yeah, from jump. And and you've been touring with with her a lot, right? Um, did you did you, were you with the SZA? Sp- no, tour? man. She actually she didn't she didn't take a band on the SZA okay. tour. She was she was opening for SZA, uh, and she just took her DJ. Okay. So this is really especially because this is her first headlining tour. Right, this right, is right. really you know, we've been playing shows and stuff, mm-hmm. one offs here and there, some festivals with Raven. Um, but this is really like. The first time she's ever going to hit the road with a band. Oh, that's super exciting. Uh, yeah, it's man. super exciting, man. Yeah, because her, her music, I mean, one just shout out, like, ultimate shout out to Raven. Bro, ultimate shout yeah. out to Raven's moms, too. Bro, Angie. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to her, Angie. Her family. Uh, yes. but, but, I mean, you know. Damon's kind of in love. Not even in love. I ha- I have, have a love. deep love. It's that's not even like a, a, a I mean, crime, but it's like a it's like a 
Well, I just see her. I just see like mama auntie yeah, vibe. Yeah, yeah, I, course, I just man. I just appreciate her uh, super hard. So we always sh- shout them out. But I'm, I'm excited, like, cause are you, are you music music directing a little bit? As I well? am. Yeah, I am. Cause man. that's an exciting like catalog to to be to be rocking with her shit. Especially is so especially the crush right stuff. Yeah, yeah for it's, sure, it's, man. It's it's, it's really in a way I am, but it's also a joint venture. You know, mm-hmm. man. I'm I'm playing with such incredible musicians on this tour. Um, you know, shout out to Felix, Brian, and Eric. Eric, man, like, like oh, those those three dudes are are uh, incredible musicians. Inspire me all the time, as well as Raven. You know what I mean? And Raven, uh, incredible writer, man. Just mm-hmm. inspiring to be a part of music that mm-hmm. like, like hers. You mm-hmm. know, in general. Um, so yeah, it's super exciting, man. It's it's super exciting. I think this is the moment. Let's do it. Let's get into the, the personal. Because in addition to musical directing and drumming and opening, there is a fourth role. There uh, is. Yeah. <laughs> Some, there's some bay action happening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> things, yeah. things have been bait. <laughs> and the smile on your face yeah, starts beyond oh, your blush. Yeah, 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 you oh, yeah. And again, no, nothing that you don't yeah. want to talk about. We can always edit no, stuff out, no, but we're not going to no, ask no, anything personal. It's all good, man. It's all good. Yeah. But, but yeah, so... so that know. looks like a... Like a, like a affection red face. It is. Not man. an yeah. embarrassment. Yeah, yeah. as two people who are in like super cute committed relationships on this side of the table... Uh, we definitely killing the game. <laughs> we definitely Shout like. Shout out to y'all. Yeah, <laughs> we definitely acknowledge you know how much like having love or having partnership or or just having someone there mm-hmm. can really like transform all other aspects of your life. And so with y'all not on, you know also having this working partnership, mm-hmm. uh, you know with where we what, what we've been talking about or where you are in life, how, how does that piece? really fit in and help the clock spin oh man ah, back uh, to the clock metaphor yeah, check me great, out man. check me out <laughs> Eric, so, for some reason I've never been on the radio man I just want to shout everything out like <laughs> yeah, that's the best out. I'm just like shout out <laughs> oh that's what we do ABC yeah, yeah, shout yeah. out anyone you need yeah, oh, to yeah, oh yeah oh yeah get all oh. your shout outs this is a sp- this is a safe space for shout outs <laughs> <laughs> shout outs welcome uh, <laughs> but uh man okay so I can just yeah so there are there are kind of multiple parts to that answer um where to start uh it definitely does have an effect on everything in my life and it has had had a really beautiful impact on everything in my life um around the time that that raven and i met i uh wasn't really looking for love like that man Mm -hmm. and 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 I had been out of the country for a pretty long time. I had been kind of a hopeless romantic in a way, like looking for love where love maybe didn't exist mm-hmm. and and trying to find something. And it uh, wasn't until I came back to Chicago and saw a bunch of my friends for the first time in about a year and was just surrounded by love. And, and I kind of let go of trying to find anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when she and I met. Uh, and I was in town for like a couple months and we just kind of hit it off, man. And like, we've been best friends ever since and shit has just been cool. You know, like the way that that relationship exists is simultaneously how it has transformed, like how it has helped rather how it has impacted my life. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Everything is just easy, you know? Mm -hmm. And, And I've never really like had a relationship like that where it's, 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 natural like the things that happen just happen there's not a lot of preconception the transformation it's had on me and that that i've had on on the impact i've had on her life has kind of just been 
like a natural progression almost, you know, it's just happened. You're just, the growing just continues yeah. and you happen to be side by side. Exactly, and man. And that's like the best thing. It's like, you're not growing her, she's not growing you, but you're just both growing together. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And if you can, you know, the biggest thing for me is that I feel like someone just wants me to be who I am, man. And mm-hmm. like, that's all I can ever ask for, you know, in, in, in a friend, in a, a family member and in a partner, like, you can just allow me to be who I am, then we're going to get along, <laughs> like no matter what, yeah. you know. Uh, and so, yeah, it's 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 had an incredibly profound impact, man. Like so, in an artistic way and in a personal way. Yeah. So, so to that last point of uh, being who you are, um, one thing that I think excites me about relationship is that it also expands that understanding or you you learn more you learn new things about who you are so are there any of those points that you're starting to identify of like oh i I, i'm glad to at first have the space to just be but now i've also grown to be more like are you feeling that more yeah man she believes in she believes in me and, and and i believe in her but also like people that you're around can sometimes see things in you that you can't always see in yourself Mm -hmm. um and that's like we were talking about earlier like not 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 being competitive but like pushing each other in a healthy way is is really beautiful i feel like um and it's just cool to know that someone believes in my music um and believes in like things i can do that maybe i don't even see yet you know and and that's been really cool because i feel like i've learned a lot about myself (laughs) as a a musician and as a person you know, uh, isn't it wild that someone believe in you? <laughs> it is just man. like a, just like yeah. No, I think you can do that. <laughs> no, it, it really I have no is. doubt in your capability. <laughs> and the room to be able to be yourself can you know like can show you things that you've never seen. Um, and especially in in the context of a relationship, when you love someone, like it, it it's happened to me, man. Like it's it's shown me sides of myself that are are beautiful that I didn't know existed. Yeah. So so I asked this question carefully, but <laughs> <laughs> but is there like any added pressure or like feeling like I got to stay on my p's and q's? Because she's such a great songwriter. Because, like, you don't want to get eliminated or 21. <laughs> um, I mean, man, I, I feel you, though. See, Nobody I, wants to get yeah, eliminated out yeah, You're right, bro. And I, here's the thing. Like, I wouldn't, it's not an argument. It's a song premise. Yeah, no, facts, though. And, and I feel like, man, I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> that's a great I really that's just incredible. I I feel like like there's just no just back there drumming with a yeah, the shitty I'm, face. I'm just like, oh man, like I know exactly what this is about. This is about that one night when we had that one that one fight. No, um, I think I'm getting vibed out right now. <laughs> Thanks. This is this is that um, experience. This is that vibe out. <laughs> but no, man. You know, I wouldn't call it pressure. I, w- I wouldn't call it pressure because I don't perceive it that way. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but it's there. It's it's definitely there, man. Like, just not not even on that regard, but but like I was talking about us pushing pushing each other. Like, being around her has uh, allowed me to grow as a songwriter on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like if anything, the pressure is to stay on top of my p's and q's as a musician, as a songwriter, as as a, a performer of my own. Mm-hmm. I mean, we already shot her out, her out, man. She's incredible. Yeah. You know, you guys have seen yeah, her man. out here. Her record's genius. great. She's Brilliant. she's genius, yeah. man. And, and that pushes me to be better also. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and to know that someone who I look up to as much as I look up to her uh, respects my music, mm-hmm. it, it, that pushes me in itself. Yeah, because yeah. now I'm like, oh, wow, like, like, cool, you believe in me? Like, I got to prove you right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then on top of that, like, 
of course, I also want to be a good a good man to yeah. her and things of that nature too, so I don't get laminated and so forth and so but, forth. And, you know, um, the but, verbiation of laminating <laughs> is just spectacular. But yeah, I think I, we've done our job. Yeah, yeah. We have. This is real I, good I work. Call it pressure though, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's there. Let's talk about the songwriting on your end a little bit, mm-hmm. um, because in listening to uh, the full project, and I've come back to it a bunch of times since I first oh, came right. across it. The song structures themselves are fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. And, and it's interesting to hear you say, like, you weren't, or, or stepping back into the role of songwriter, and I can understand that lyrically, but, like, song structure-wise, it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, and you take risks, but it also doesn't feel alienating or esoteric. It, they, like, feel... Can we get a, a communal definition for esoteric? Sure, like, hard to understand, abstract in a way that is just, like, for its own sake. For the people. Yeah. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, they feel like well-constructed pop songs in the best way that pop can do that. You know what I mean? Sure, man. Um, how do you know how to do that? Because oh, <laughs> okay. there's so many people who are not able to figure out how to make those pieces feel together that's a terrible yeah. question but no an interesting no idea. it's not man because that's that's actually you know it, it's it, it's very it takes an acute musical mind to like be able to understand song structure that is not necessarily traditional but also very intentional you know like um i'm glad that 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 stuff resonated with you man that's mm-hmm. cool because i really I, I talk to a lot of people who I, you know, I have a kind of like a select, I wouldn't say select, but like there are a few people who just naturally stay around me musically and who I stay around and who I like to bounce ideas off of <laughs> and who who kind of like, it's just like, a, it's just kind of like a, a rapport of like, yeah. I'll ask that person when I really can't tell mm-hmm. if this is raw or if this is not, or if I should make this musical decision or that one. Like, what do you think, bro? You know, da, da, da. Can we stop right there? Mm-hmm. What, what? What would get, let's say get into the nitty gritty or, or bring us back in the room when they say like that's not quite there? How does that go? How is that articulated? Well, I think that's like that's really beautiful and mm-hmm. really a powerful thing to have in relationships. Yeah. And it's really hard to like one feel comfortable enough to ask and then receive the feedback, but also mm-hmm. as the if you're a boy, you know what I'm saying? Like, ah, oh, that's raw, you know, yeah, like, yeah. like, like, like get through that back and forth of that dynamic man i think for me it's always as simple as like a reaction you know that's the way that i like 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 when it when when it's right oh sorry when it's right i feel like it's undeniable for Mm -hmm. me in my music when it's when it's how it's supposed to be it's undeniable to me when i listen to it i get that feeling yeah when anyone i show it to listens to it i i watch them get the fe- mm. that feeling so it's more nonverbal yeah but also at the same time i, I really like to to uh, i try to be around people who i feel comfortable taking criticism from and being uh and critiquing because I feel like that's the best way to learn, man, is to be honest with people and to allow people to be honest with you about your music. So I really never take it personally. I like to ask a lot of questions, man. Mm-hmm. I really like, I pride myself on liking to ask questions as a drummer, as a songwriter, as everything, yeah. because you can learn something from everybody in this world. And I feel like people like to, people feel better when when they act like they have nothing to learn from someone because it makes them feel strong or like, you know, I know more or da-da-da. Yeah. But, but no one knows everything, so you can always learn. And I really try to, like, 
be okay with what anyone says. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I have a tendency to surround myself with people who are willing to give their honest opinion. So if something's not smacking, they might be like, hey, man, you should switch this or you should do this or that's cool. They might say any of those things, but it wasn't by, by any of those reactions. I instantly am like, okay, word. Yeah. I know how you feel about it. And now that'll make me feel a, a different way about it and do something different. Mm -hmm. You know, in that learning process, is there anything like in this moment that you're trying to figure out how to do in your music that you don't know how to do yet? Or you're like getting close, but you're not quite there yet. Um, Man, I'm really trying to think about music like water, like, uh, like biomimicry. Biomimicry. <laughs> we were joking before hey, we man. started rolling about how music my new move is biomimicry. My fake deep move. I just call everything biomimicry. But for the people, uh, I'll explain it. Um, it's 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 a concept that has existed, but uh, it, it's getting really popularized by Emergent Strategy by Adrian Marie Brown. And it's basically the idea of like humans as social organisms figuring out how to live with better balance and emerge in relationship to nature by mimicking systems in nature. So right, so like ants when there's a flood, they figure out how to like work together and make their body into like bodies into like a floating raft and so mm -hmm. how can humans do that type of cooperation or like another example two other examples she uses is like birds who flock like there's not like a leader but they're all taking leadership from each other yeah. or like roots of a of grass like under the ground they are all connecting communicating even though it doesn't look like they are one so so it's not about like building water. a structure that it's not about building like a physical thing that looks like it's not about building a plane with wings yeah. like a butterfly it's building a system that operates the way systems in nature do. Yeah. So when you say music that feels like water or is like water, what does that mean to you? Man, um, <clears throat> well, back to the initial thing about like the song structure thing. Yeah. Where with with my song structure kind of having a tendency to be abstract, like to me, it's always super intentional. Um, like the things I do, even though it's not traditional, like I. When I hear a song flow a certain way, that's just the way it flows. And and when it's done, it's done. And when, and if I don't go back to what someone thought was a hook, I don't go back to it. But that makes that person replay that song because that thing that only part. happened once. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's it's little time, it's intricate things like that where I'm like, man, music is moving, music mm -hmm. is evolving. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as traditional song structure. Mm -hmm. Like I'm trying to push, I'm trying to push boundaries. I'm trying to do things that that aren't already done. Yeah. Like if I can make a, a song that sounds like a, a traditional pop song, there are millions of traditional pop songs. Like I'll make a pop song that sounds like a non-traditional pop song yeah. and still make you want to listen to it. You yeah. know what I mean? And so when I say like, think about music like water, I, I really mean kind of to the, to the point of song structure, like more fluid, mm -hmm. like the kind of like the stuff I did on a side of love, but with more fluidity and, and more like, I don't know, not just the song structure, but the way that the song moves from point A to point Z, mm -hmm. the way that it gets there, that the transitions and, and the composition being more of like a fluid piece as opposed to this part, this part, this part. Yeah, and not in, a, not in an imitation way, but in that kind of like mimicry way as a positive, are there people who do that really well that you yeah. can think of? Like, uh, what, what do you mean? Like people that 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 do follow traditional structure? No, well? people who are like Our creating like water. water. Oh yeah, man. Because I'll yeah. tell you who I'm thinking of, but I'll, I want to hear Frank who you, Ocean. That's who I was thinking yeah, of. Look man. at that. When I heard Blonde, 
uh, that album changed my life, man. And a lot of people say, you know, Channel Orange, Channel, and that's a great record, man. I loved that record just as much as I loved Blonde, but but Blonde pushed so many musical boundaries for me that I felt like needed to be like awoken from from the inside of my spirit. I was like, wow. Yeah, you know, it's just, a, just it, in terms it, of song structure, man, I was just like, these are incredible pop songs, but this is not. This is in a non-traditional way, yeah. and this is some of the most popular music in the world. But you did exactly what you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. You didn't say this is what the people want. Here you go. You gave the people what they didn't know they wanted. Yeah, and that's like that's, that's that was just goal. so that was just so powerful to me. I was you know, him and um, there are a lot. Of, there are a few other people, man, who I who I look to. There's an artist named John Bapp who's from Dallas, who's a guitar player, singer, uh, producer, songwriter, and he. Uh, is very kind of I wouldn't call him avant-garde, but he definitely like is more experimental than someone like a Frank Ocean, mm-hmm. and I really like his song structure because it's not traditional yeah. and it's very uh, how it is. It exists how it exists, not how someone else like wanted it to exist. You know, Worth. it's interesting you said Frank. Sorry to cut you no, off, Dan. But you beat me to it. You didn't cut me off. Good job. <laughs> it's not a competition. I bow to collaboration. You, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Finally won. <laughs> After all these weeks. <laughs> but it's I'm glad you said Frankie's who I was gonna bring up. And again, it doesn't feel like a an imitation thing. But I do have one question, like to the nitty gritty. Mm. There is a vocal effect that you do on pink at the end mm-hmm. that I've only ever heard on his records. I'm going to play it, Uh-oh. and I'm oh, real word, curious word, how word, the word. hell you made this sound. Where is it? It's like right at the end. This. Mm-hmm. You can let it ride. This is my favorite song on that record, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I, I mean, that was... <laughs> you have a good ear, man. That's a lot of, a lot of the vocal stuff I did on that song. I feel like came from an inspiration uh, derived from the the first time I heard Blonde. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I, I wasn't, I wasn't listening to Blonde and then making that song. Yeah, but I was channeling the things I felt when I heard that record for the yeah, first time. When they say you were channel oranging. Oh yeah, hey, man. I'm I'm here all the week. <laughs> <laughs> there was a handshake. <laughs> I passed Uh-oh. the torch of dad jokes. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I, I I and I bring it up not in a like, hey, you're you're biting. It doesn't feel like that. Like no, if I was yeah, doing that, it yeah. would feel really different. I, it just it like felt right, and it felt reminiscent. Like, like yeah, it felt, yeah. Well, it that, I mean, good. that's great. I, I wanted that, man. Yeah. And, and you know, I feel like a lot of people try to deny inspiration. <laughs> so many people try to deny. <laughs> that inspiration. goes back to that competition, shit. dude. Everything in music is recycled. Like yeah. everything is recycled. Like, like we we only do what we do now because people did what they did then. You know it's what I mean? A, like, such a crazy dialectic. Because like earlier, in dialectic means like the resolution of two contradicting forces or ideas, right? Like the the earlier you saying music is endless, mm-hmm. right? But then also that is also recycled, which is also like life and energy. A hundred percent, man. And, and that's such an incredible <laughs> music paradox. is life. I think is what we are. We yeah, got to stop doing podcasts here. on peyote. This <laughs> <laughs> But it's an incredible paradox, yeah, man. Yeah. It's an incredible paradox yeah. that I think about all the time because there's an endless world that's never been created. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's so many things that haven't been done. But also, every time someone does something new, 
now something new has been done. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I do feel like it's endless. So there's never like going to be a point where everything has been done. Right. But also like that would suck. If yeah. we got to that, like, ah. <laughs> you know, like, tw- like twenty thirty five, <laughs> like something just happens and everyone's like, uh, better go, better go listen to Blonde. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Will you go down one very like peyote mushroomy thought with me that it relates to this? Yes, yes sir. So if we're saying nothing is new, everything has already been made and is being recycled, but also we're saying that, like, there are endless possibilities. We also know that, like, time is a concept that, like, we see linear in in a linear fashion, but it is not. It's mm-hmm. all, everything's happening simultaneously. Mm-hmm. That's, like, theory. Mm-hmm. So then the only thing that makes new music different is the, like, spatial and linear arrangements that we do of things that already exist in the world. Mm-hmm. So if you think about it as like taking pieces that have been made before and putting them in a certain order, mm-hmm. a certain sequence or a certain kind of overlap mm-hmm. out of things that already exist in the world rather than cre- that's why when we say like nothing is new, it's like yeah, no, it's not new. The only thing new is the like spatial and linear arrangement we're doing of that. Yeah, man. I I mean I I'm with you. I, yeah, same man, but but also I I like to fun. I I mean but, but what you said was 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 deep, man, because I also I I, I like to apply without having ever put it into oh, sorry without ever having put it into those words myself. Mm-hmm. I like to apply that concept to pushing the boundaries of what I think in music because I think if someone takes a, tra- a traditional song structure or a traditional idea and and puts a new twist on it, then it's more of a recycled newness. Yeah. And let and, and then when someone is totally saying, "I'm just going to get rid of the structure in the first place." Obviously, everything is still recycled, but I feel like it's less of a puzzle that way. Mm-hmm. It's less of a fill in the blank. It's less of a coloring book and more of a painting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's no lines. It's yeah. just kind of like you are just painting as opposed to filling something in that someone else has already painted. You know? Yeah. That's ill. I feel like my question isn't deep enough for where we got to. But I think like. I've been in the deep end too long. Yeah, Let's yeah, go back yeah, to yeah. the show. But, um, but to the idea of like your 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 music being like water, um, and like what I'm about to say is not true, but I think to the layman, right? Like that's more of a like melodic concept or idea, and you being a percussive musician, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. what about your your experience behind the drums? helped you get because right you you would think of the drums as being more in the pocket mm-hmm. and like the keys or strings being able to to flutter float and, on top yeah yeah, yeah. For sure. and so For sure. um as somebody whose root or your bass is, is the drums how, how does that line up with this like fluid idea that that you're working to express and su- succeed in it i feel like it gives me a different perspective um which I try to appreciate a lot. To really quickly answer your question about that vocal effect, yeah. uh, oh, thank it's, you, it's a it's a pitched up vocal that I, I I really like to use those textures a lot. Make it just 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 alter my voice to make it not sound like my voice mm-hmm. because I can have what sounds like a million different people on one song mm-hmm. when it's really just me making. And I, I love that. Like yeah. I love creating an environment with my voice. Mm-hmm. Like ma- like sampling some old jazz piano and 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 just like bullshitting with myself as like a whole bar full of people like clinking glasses and like literally you just created a bar of people <laughs> drinking while there's music happening so yeah, yeah to answer your question that's, cool. um, that's, that's super cool but uh oh, let me get back on track uh, the, percussion yes right right right, right, right. Fluidity. um 
I feel like it gives me it gives me a, a different perspective that I I really try to um, embrace. You know, I think I think about music as a songwriter differently because I'm a drummer first than someone who's a singer songwriter and is a guitar player yeah. or who's also a piano player. You know, I play other instruments, but I'm not close to as proficient on any other instrument as I am on drums. So I think naturally it affects the way I think about songwriting. Um, I wouldn't call my songwriting particularly like percussive in the way that I sing or the way that I like emote, but also I'm, I've been trying to play live drums on <laughs> more of my music recently mm -hmm. as I've been creating these past few months. And that's had a really big impact because I can shape things like this. Playing drums is like water to me, even though drumming is so rhythmic and rooted. Yeah. Like the way that I think about that instrument is like yeah. water. No, I, I definitely feel you. We we um at Let Us Breathe like in our space, we got a uh, we got donated hella djembes. Oh yeah. And so like, I've low key become raw as hell in the last six weeks. That's All so of our dumb, meetings man. we open and close uh, with, with just drumming out and like. The neighbors I, 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 are furious. <laughs> we don't have any neighbors. <laughs> we got a wall around. Shit. Shout out to Breathe the Room, man. Yeah, yeah. If you follow, let us breathe. And also, I just wanted but, to say, but water the, is also water is also often percussive. I think about like on a tin roof mm. or a waterfall falling. Oh, and that oh yeah, bro. or like a the waves rhythm. coming into the exactly. Tide. Yeah, it's oh, all man. rhythm, just yeah. the way that it cycles, man. We're yeah. killing it right now. <laughs> we are. This really is high like, fire. Yeah, I, no, I, I hope y'all appreciate what you were getting. It's a, it's a free podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't make that joke up. I can't <laughs> uh, before we get out of here, uh, mm -hmm. I have one more questiony about like the songwriting process and stuff like mm, that. Because sure. you know, I kind of used the word pop, floated that earlier, and, and you were kind enough Gracious. to run with it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, and and we're talking about lineage and, you know, the relationship to hip-hop being kind of, like, the framework behind it, which I love the way that that comes through in your music because it feels genuine and it doesn't feel fake to me. Sure. Um, and it doesn't feel like you're pretending to do something else. Sure. Has that been a tension for you? Was there a time where, again, is there an alternate universe where you're a white rapper? Like oh, exclusively definitely. Is there? Facts, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is. So there how, fully is. So how do you think about that stuff? Man, um, that's so great. I've never got to admit this. So, yes. There, I mean, I'm not, man, I rap. I rap, I rap my ass off, but I'm not, I don't have the desire to rap. You know what I mean? And and, and I, I really don't have the desire to rap exclusively. Yeah. So I like, I think rapping came super easy to me because I'm a drummer. Right. Yeah. Rhythm, rhythm and, 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 and being in that pocket is, is, is not hard for me. But I like my singing and I can emote so much more honestly as a singer mm -hmm. than I can as a rapper. And that's just facts. Just, just, that's just how I feel about it. Like yeah. I, I make music. As does Drake. <laughs> yeah, exactly, and that's and that's and that's you know like like one more thing y'all have in common. <laughs> that's why that's my boy. Uh, you know, shout out Drake. You go way back. That's the I'm first. Sorry, I didn't We're call you back, bro. Go. I am gonna let it ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am gonna let it ride. Damon has a vendetta. <laughs> not a vendetta. Not a vendetta. Just a. I don't even know how to frame it anymore. It's deep. It's deep because it's not that deep. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> that's how deep it is. But like, I, I, I've been very outspoken. I, no, I think it's because it's it's beyond the artistry. It is the the social and cultural position he holds mm. that then warrants critique, regardless of what you're doing. And I think he's irresponsible often. Mm. But th 
that's beside the point. But the shout out, the shout out, the shout out, the shout out, the shout out has been allowed. But we just had to contextualize why that that is significant to let it stand. And I think it's the perfect transition to how we're going to end the show. Oh, that was that. It's as good as it gets. Yeah. So we just we didn't warn you about this ahead of time, but everything's going to be okay. You're good. You're good. This is this is what you're here for. Oh. Start recording now. This is what it's about. So we did all this philosophy. We taught y'all about biomimicry. We we tripped out on some fake shrooms. Beautiful conversation. But but this is the cornerstone of this show. It's a game we like to play with all of our guests. Okay. So relax, you know. Uh, 129 people have done it before. You know what I'm saying? So take, take some deep breaths because you're going to have to We're like... We're building this up so no, much. Oh, yeah. As it should be. <laughs> We're putting it where it belongs. <laughs> take some deep breaths because you're going to have to like go through your brain a little bit. Um, it's about accountability, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and this show is love-based. Uh, but but we, we are about beef. We're about accountability in these streets and hardcore accountability. And so there's a sect of the world that I like to say has run amok hmm. in my lifetime mm-hmm. and I shall not allow it. <laughs> and that sect of the world is R&B singers. Mm. So every week we like to invite our guests to start beef with an R&B singer. So you are now at the cornerstone of Ergo Radio. It is now time for beef with an R&B singer. Um, and and let, let, I'm going to let you know that this is boundless. Luke is dead now. <laughs> there, there, this, this, is not, this is not confined to time. Okay. So any era any of R&B. Era. So we go from David Ruffin to, to Tory Lanez, right? Like, okay. And, and, and beyond. All, all, all is and beyond. Beef with the R&B singer and why. Okay. All right. Yep. Yep. And we're patient, man. All right, all right, yeah. Because I'm really like I'm. I'm gonna, this. An, this answer is going to be very intentional. I already have a couple people floating around. Okay, but, but there's like that. you, you know, can you can throw in more than one. Gonna be, but but I, I like a, this. I like the seriousness, one, man. There's gonna be a good one. Man, okay, okay. There are two. There are two R&B singers who I love very much, but who. I also would like to start beef with. Um, first one. Now, I I really would like to start beef because he could could be considered a pop singer now. Mm, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's John Legend. Ooh, and and I love John Legend. I love a lot of early John Legend. Yep. Um, uh-huh. You know, he's got, he's got a lot of great music out, and I'm a fan. Let it ride. But but John. <laughs> you know, John. Where you at, bro? You at, bro? <laughs> like, yeah. you know, like, yeah. yeah, you know, we could talk about this, yeah. John. Yeah. Like, we can come we, to we an agreement get through this, man. Like, this is the trade-off to a wonderful yeah. marriage. You know, yeah. he seems just abundantly happy. He does seem <laughs> abundantly happy. Fine. Good for you. And we can reconcile. You this. know, somehow turned into like, I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I don't know, and and that's no shade. That's a little bit of shade because we're starting beef. It so, is beef. um. <laughs> You can have beef with people you love. Uh, the other one, and and I don't really know why. Maybe I'm just saying this because his music really messed me up, mm. and he's so great, but mm. also uh, has some comedic value to me somehow, and that is Music Soul Child. <laughs> you know? Because you, you know what he did? You know what he tripped out? What, what? Why, wait, no. You I go, don't, you though. You go we, first. We each have a Music Soul Child anecdote that it's going to kill. You go, okay. you go first. Beautiful, beautiful. No, man, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I have some things based on his live performances that yeah, have been definitely... where I was like, Yo, Damn, yeah. bro, you fully like made like some of my favorite songs. Yeah, and, yeah. And, I, I've definitely heard that a few times. 
Whew, so that's that really, man. And but also like I, I have a like a, a love hate relationship with like the corniness of his music also. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. as time goes on, like mm-hmm. that old traditional R and B gets gets mm-hmm. like more corny but mm-hmm. also better mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. the same time. Yeah. So so you have some homework to do because you have to figure this had to be this had to be like anywhere from twenty thirteen to twenty fifteen. Okay. Um I guess he was having frustrations with his label or whatever. Um and he started going out in the world as this alter ego rapper. I remember you talking. <laughs> and he like would he would always he had this like costume. So it was these sunglasses. Well he always wears glasses because he yeah. has like a lazy eye, but then it's like this custom made leather fitted brim cap with like a Burger King style crown <laughs> coming out of it. And I forgot the name. It was like the Prophet of the King or something Dude. something like that. But what? but he was going to like it, like he was he was performing horrible raps and like really talking shit like he was killing the game. Um, what, what the hustle, the, the, the hustle, the hustle, the hustle, the hustle, the hustle, and he would he was doing interviews at radio stations, That's and the hustle, he, and he would not answer questions as music soul child. They're like, yo, so blah blah, you know, why are you doing this? And he's like, I'm not, I'm not music soul child. Whoa! It, 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 it's mine. You gotta just you gotta All watch right. the footage. Okay, cool. Is- <laughs> I'm glad I brought this up now because I just learned something new. I'm really gonna go yeah, investigate this. People need to know this. And if yeah. we jump back one step further, and this mm-hmm. is a little bit more of a fun fact rather than just something that is unacceptable. <laughs> the way the music Soul Child got put on oh, right, right, right. was so the Roots used to have these like jam sessions. Sure. They, they eventually in they were in Philly and then they were in New York and they eventually like were in venues. But at first they were just at someone's house I can't remember who I don't think it was Questlove but it was someone in the roots mm-hmm. and they ordered a pizza and the pizza delivery guy was like oh yo the roots I've seen you your show I sing too and they're like get out of here he goes no 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 let me sing let me sing so they let him in and he sang and uh, that's Music Soul Child that's incredible okay <laughs> yeah. Loki shout out to him for, for that, that. <laughs> because that's raw I don't know about that cancels, this hustle that, that cancels the shout out out yeah. and then your critique of the live show makes it Beef. Definitely beef. I'm going to actually check this out. I'm actually going to make R&B beef history right now. <laughs> okay. I'm going to do an R&B shout out. Shout out to Mario because he made some jams and Thanks. he never really fell off. And there's a few hits that I forgot that he had made that were actually banging. And now I'm going to clean it back up and start R&B beef with Mario. <laughs> because <laughs> he tried to change his name to Mario. And that's just... Oh, that's just, really did that's that? re- Yeah. And it was oh. like you're out already. One... Your name is like we're lo- we're looking at your name, Mario. It's Mar. Yeah, he's he, I'm, he started saying I'm Mario now. That's the best example of the dialectic. I've ever <laughs> On that yeah. note, I think we should get out of here. Uh, <laughs> where can the people find, find you? your music? Find your work? Where the you know you're hitting the road? Where the tour dates? All that stuff. Um, you can find me on. Well, you can find me existing on Instagram, Twitter, uh, whatever. You can find my music on all streaming platforms. Uh, my name is Luke Titus. I have one album out. It's called A Side of Love. It's very good. Uh, thank you, man. I appreciate that. Um, and I'm working on some new music, so so stay tuned. But also, please go enjoy that record. Uh, it's only been out for a few months, and, and share it if you like it. Uh, the tour dates... I will tell you right now as I'm unzipping my pocket. Um, tomorrow, I'm going to be playing in Boston, opening up for Raven. Okay. Uh, on the 23rd, opening up in Philly. 27th, Oakland. 28th, Los Angeles. Um, the 3rd of next month in Brooklyn. Uh, the 5th of next month in D.C. Uh, a lot of the sh- shows on her tour are sold out. 
um, but Detroit and St. Louis are not. So if y'all are listening, like grab tickets, but so, it's so, going to be great, man. It's going to be great. I, great. I also travel? have a show uh, on the 10th of April. May, May. At, at, at the Subterranean ah, um, okay. in Detroit. Chicago. So that'll be great. I've only ever really played two shows in Chicago, uh, both very short shows. So this will be a cool opportunity to kind of get out there for the home crowd. So That's come cool. check it out. That's we're, love. We're at Ergo Radio. I'm at Ergo Daniel. I'm Damon underscore AF. And uh, we'll be back next week with a conversation showcasing and celebrating Chicago yet again. Much love to the people. Peace. You and I. It's true.